Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire, or as the book is titled, Q&A, was written by Vikas Swarup and published in 2005. And the film adaptation was directed by Danny Boyle and came out in 2008 and actually won the uh, Oscar for Best Picture that year. Woo! Woo! <laughs> we were actually well, we were actually just looking up uh, the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture that year, and it was kind of a slow, unremarkable year in yeah. a way. So it was probably the best movie of that year still, but mm-hmm. um, didn't have too much competition. No, it didn't. Not really. So uh, th- yeah, this is the first adaptation we're talking about uh, where the book and the movie have different titles. Yeah, I think so. Right? I think. I'm pretty (laughs) sure because we've never had to think about what the episode should be titled. Yeah. We went with the more popular option. (laughs) Yeah. The one people will recognize. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people have seen Slumdog Millionaire, not only because it won the Oscar that year, but because it was kind of like the the popular movie, the more popular movie of that year. Yeah. It's among um, the Oscar. Definitely. Mm -hmm. It's still very prevalent in uh, pop culture. Yeah. As opposed to some. Uh, Best Picture winners that kind of a lot of them kind of fade out of existence. After they win, they just yeah, everyone kind of forgets forgets about about them. them. But this one is definitely still prominent Mm -hmm. uh, in people's memories. So the I guess the 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 format of this uh, book and movie are very unique, and it's kind of interesting the way it's structured around the plot. Yeah. So the plot is about a uh, a a poor uh, young man in India who is on a uh, quiz game show. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the movie, it is who wants to be a millionaire, like verbatim, like yeah. India's version of it. Uh, the book, it's kind of a knockoff show. That yeah. They acknowledge is like based on who wants to be a millionaire. Who will win a billion is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and they have lifeboats instead of lifelines. Yeah. And, uh, but so the, the structure of the book is each chapter is a question that he answers. Mm-hmm. And then kind of the subsequent uh, story of his past and how he came to know that answer. Because he's not exceptionally smart. No. And he's, you know, he's poor. He's kind of your average um, low level India citizen, you know, who didn't have too much of an education um, and is very poor and has like kind of gone job from job and et cetera. But um his life experiences have sort of given him the answers. Yeah, it's kind of this fate, destiny fate story. or luck or destiny or... Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe all of those. <laughs> yeah. The book makes for a really interesting uh, format, though, that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. with kind of this chapter-by-chapter chapter breakup of his life. Yeah. And because I, I tend to like that, like, when there's a, un- a unique take on a... um book structure Mm -hmm. i guess we kind of talked about a similar thing with uh um oh my god that other book about the cooking that oh yeah in mexico um (laughs) oh no (laughs) like water for chocolate like water for chocolate yeah (laughs) where it was like a a cookbook and each chapter was a recipe it was kind of it reminded me of that a bit Mm -hmm. yeah and you know from the beginning so it starts out where he's been arrested for yeah. being on the show because they think he's cheating. So we start kind of at the end of the story where he's been on the show. He's answered either all of the questions or most of the questions. And everyone's like, how can he know these answers? He's stupid. Like, he's poor. He can't know things. Um, and 
So in the movie, he's questioned by like the chief of police or the detective or something. In the book, he's questioned by a lawyer who's come to defend him against the police. Um, And he sort of explains his life to them. So he's kind of narrating these stories, these flashbacks uh, relating to each question. Yeah. And the the book is interesting because it's actually nonlinear. Yeah. Which makes sense because each story that he has to go back to, it's not going to be in chronological order. Yeah. Not very likely. Yeah. Uh, The movie is in chronological order, though, which I I guess I understand. It might be too confusing. I feel like it would be too confusing. If it jumped around too much. Yeah. I kind of wish it was almost. With a book, you can kind of flip back and be like, oh, what was the episode that happened right before this one? You know, kind of piece it together. With a movie, I feel like when you're watching it, it might be less clear about like, what's happening and when in time, especially because they use different actresses and actors yeah, to portray the main characters. That's true. So you'd be like, who's this person? I don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> the book's very good, though, about like when each story starts off, it kind of quickly relates back to uh, what he was just doing. Yeah. And so even though like I probably couldn't uh, arrange the chapters in chronological order as you're reading. Yeah. You're always kind of like reminded of what just happened and anything that might be kind of prevalent to the story. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a really, int- I, I like the format and the setup of both the movie and the book. It wor- works really well. Yeah. So pretty much the setup of the book and the movie are like one of the only things that they have in common. Yeah. <laughs> like just, yeah. oh, they're on a game show and their life experiences help them answer the questions. And that's it. But those life experiences <laughs> oh, are vastly different. I was telling you, and I was like, we can finish this episode of the podcast by me, me just being like, they were very different and that's it. The end. <laughs> <laughs> there are some overlapping stories, but really it's that uh, main structure yeah. that is what's translated between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess let's talk about the childhood, I guess. of So... <laughs> Here's another situation where the main character is named something different between the book and the movie. Yeah. In the movie, he's named Jamal, Mm -hmm. which we are going to call Call him him Jamal, hopefully with 100% (laughs) consistency. Yeah. It's just easier and the movie's more well well known anyway. So Jamal. Uh, he, He does have an interesting in the book, though. His his name is Thomas Ram, Ram Muhammad. Ram Muhammad Thomas. Ram Muhammad Thomas, yeah. <laughs> You're mixing up the three names. Ram Muhammad Thomas. <laughs> and it's, it, so he was uh, left as a child, uh, abandoned by his parents, uh, to a church yeah. orphanage. Mm-hmm. And the pastor of the church ends up adopting him. And uh, there's a... Controversy. Uh, a controversy, a Hindu man and a Muslim man who are kind of religious leaders of the community come together and they're like, uh, we have issue with you giving him a Christian name. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, I'm the one raising the child. And they're like, I think we should all take equal part of his name. Yeah. So then they give him Ram, which is Hindu, Muhammad, obviously Muslim. And then Thomas is supposed to be a Christian name, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so it, it is, it kind of taps into this, uh, turbulence though yeah. this religious turbulence that is very prevalent in both the movie and the book yeah and in the book um 
Jamal's character uses his three names sort of interchangeably. So yeah. depending on like where he is or who he's with and his, the situation that he finds himself with, in, he uses different names. You know, so um, with people that are hin- Hindu, he'll use Ram. And with his friend that's Muslim, he uses his Muslim name. Or and- at one point he wants to be a servant and they're like, oh, well, you can't cook. Uh, my, my grandmother won't eat any food you'll prepare if you're Muslim. And yeah. he's like, good thing my name's Ram and I'm actually Hindu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it, he's very, like, he kind, kind of fits himself into the situation. Yeah. It, it gives him that freedom, But that's another, interesting. That's another reason, though, why we're going with Jamal, his movie character name, instead of the three the interchangeable names. The three names, names in the book. And then sometimes he has uh, um, a, a different name because oh, yeah. he's in hiding. Yeah. So it gets a little confusing. It does. <laughs> Uh, so another interesting change is the character of Salim yeah. from the book to the movie. Mm-hmm. And Salim is actually his brother in the movie, in the movie mm-hmm. but just a close friend in the book who yeah. he kind of grows up with. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because in the movie you get this background of Jamal and Salim kind of growing up yeah. and being rambunctious, but they have a mother mm-hmm. at the start until yeah. they're... I don't know, seven or something. Uh-huh. And in the movie, <laughs> uh, Salim is older and he kind of takes that like older brother. Protects Jamal. Protects Jamal, but kind of like trying to take charge. Yeah. And in the book, <laughs> Jamal is older and yeah. trying to protect him. So there's kind of some interesting but confusing for us to talk about Very changes. Confusing. I feel like they looked at the book and they were like, oh, you know, Jamal and Salim have this kind of brother-like relationship. Let's just make them brothers. You know, like, let's just make it easier. Let's just make them brothers. Yeah, which I think uh, makes sense. Yeah. Because honestly, thinking back to the book, I don't even remember the point they got to know each other or were introduced. Um, When they were at the orphanage together. Okay. Because uh, Jamal oh, is obviously was, an orphan because yeah. his parents abandoned him at an orphanage. And then... Uh, Salim's family is killed in an actual like religious riot thing, which is interesting, and yeah. that's what translates to the to the movie because that's how um, Jamal and Salim's mother die in the movie is a a religious riot. Yeah, uh, men of the Hindu faith like attack a Muslim a Muslim commune, community, community, and so then they're kind of on the run, and mm-hmm. so there's it, it, they end up both being orphans yeah. and kind of children like street kids yeah trying to survive and both stories kind of take this route so let's talk about salim for a little bit uh he's not a good brother <laughs> no he's the worst in yeah. the movie he's horrible i feel like every episode we have a character that we talk about that we're like this one is the worst <laughs> yeah it like like this one surpasses all other characters we've talked about who are shitty because he's real bad yeah he even from the beginning in the movie when their brother's living with their mom he just like kind of bosses jamal around and yeah and at one point, Jamal gets, like, this autograph that he's yeah. really proud of, and then Salim just sells it, and he's, like, and Jamal's pissed about it. He's, yeah. like, yeah, well, you know, the guy offered up a good price, you know. He's, like, already this con man who's just, yeah. like, out to make a profit. I guess it's, like, the, his obsession with money is more of the thing. Yeah. But he's just kind of, like, crappy to Jamal. He, like, does the least amount 
that a brother should do. Like when they're in dangerous situations, he's like, mm, I guess I'll rescue you from this situation. But he's also... But you're not going to really like it. No, no. And he's also always kind of rescuing himself in the process. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. He kind of takes this like evil path though you know of kind of becoming a gangster Mm -hmm. where he kind of gets involved in like some like this crime organization and kind of becomes uh like muscle for them yeah and it's interesting because in the movie he ends up working for this one gangster that jamal later is like that gangster that ran our slum when we were kids. And there's a part in the movie where they like run into his car and he's like the rich guy of the neighborhood (laughs) and kind of owns their slum a little bit. And so Jamal kind of thinks it's a little bit of a a betrayal for Salim to work for him, you know? Like this guy that was making all this money while these people were poor in his neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And once again, Salim's like, yeah, so what? Like, I'm tough shit now, so you can deal with it, Jamal. He's like, here's my card. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The book version is about as far from that character as you can get. He dreams of becoming uh, a big time actor in India Mm -hmm. and he kind of ends up fulfilling that dream for the most part he's kind of an up-and-coming actor by the time the story ends but yeah he has much of a less important role in the book yeah like he's his brother type figure but mostly Salim is just like in the background of the stories kind of Mm -hmm. and Jamal does like save him from a couple situations, much like Salim saves Jamal from a couple situations in the movie. So that's just switched probably because like one is older than the other. So they're kind of trying to protect each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in the movie, they're kind of contrasts to each other in terms of like their development. You know, Salim's kind of this turning to this life of crime and Jamal's just not I guess yeah he's like I'm not shitty so (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah Salim is a totally different character and I I I get them wanting to do something different with them in the movie but I'm not sure it uh yeah adds up to much I don't know if it was with in the book there's so many little stories that they are connected, but they're kind of separate in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just wanted a more of an antagonist figure yeah. for the book, you know? Not like a villain villain, but just kind of some opposition to Jamal's character a little bit. Yeah. And I can see what they were doing with Salim, but at the same time, just like, why is he evil? Like, there's <laughs> no explanation. He's just shitty. Like, yeah, like, they're not the brothers can be different, but they're brothers and they're just so different. Yeah. Like, so totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, so something interesting that we, interesting <laughs> might not be the best word. Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> we need to talk about is a portrayal of homosexuality in the book. Yeah, and it's something that, I mean, I read this back in high school where yeah. I wasn't like, as woke, I don't know. <laughs> you weren't but paying attention. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and you weren't talking about it on, on a podcast yeah. either. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the first story is kind of a weird story to start the book off with. Yeah. But it's kind of establishing just generally Jamal and Salim's life growing up. No, no I shouldn't say life growing up, just where they're at. Yeah, kind of living in, in that episode. Yeah, kind of where they're living in this slum area. And talking about they love going to movies. Mm -hmm. And Salim, who wants to be an actor, is in love with this action, Bollywood action hero. And 
during this one incident where they're at the theater, a creepy guy comes in and sits right next to Salim. And Salim doesn't notice because he's so infatuated with the movie. And then the creepy guy starts kind of like putting his hand on Salim's thigh. Mm-hmm. And once again, Salim, I guess, just doesn't notice. It's, <laughs> he's super wrapped up in the movie. But then when it's obvious that this guy's like trying to molest Salim, he freaks out and he pulls the guy's beard off. <laughs> and it's revealed <laughs> that it is the Bollywood action star that he loves. Yeah. And, and during this movie, this episode kind of jumps back and forth. And when it jumps back at one point, it talks about tabloids mm-hmm. speculating on him being gay. Yeah. Which Salim is very upset about. Yeah. But so the kind of general line they're drawing is he's gay. So then he's a child molester. Yeah. And like because he's gay, that means he's a child molester. And like. I mean, the ludicrousness of the scene is like, why would the star (laughs) of a movie go to the movie? With a fake beard. Like, does he get off on himself on the screen, (laughs) like, while he's molesting children? I don't know, but it's weird. And that's just the first. So we're not just basing it on that weird episode. No. And and to be like, when I first reread this first chapter, I was like, okay, the tabloids are speculating that he's gay. Like it's not really confirmed. Confirmed. He could just be a creep. (laughs) Yeah, they could just. Yeah, exactly. Like the author's not really making the statement that he's gay and therefore this. Mm -hmm. Like it might just be kind of an unfortunate, not well thought out um, Plot plot device. Uh, but then there's the next story, which... <laughs> yeah, which is um, of Jamal in his original home with the priest, preacher guy who adopted him. And, like, this other priest comes to be a priest. <laughs> and this priest is very gay, but no one notices, but- even though there are many very strange signs that he is gay. Well, and it's not just that he's gay. He's like a biker who also does cocaine. Yeah, so not only does he get gay porno magazines and hide them under his bed, he rides a motorcycle and wears a leather jacket. And has biker guys visit him at night and they do cocaine or meth together. I'm not sure which. Yeah, and Um, obviously have sex. And then there's this incident where Father Timothy, who's like, the father of uh, Jamal, mm-hmm. his estranged son comes and visits. Yeah. Who is 17 or 18, like in that age range. Yeah. And while he's staying with them, he's caught having sex with this other priest. Yeah. And so once again, this man who's gay is preying, preying on, on young, yeah. young men, very young men. Mm-hmm. And, it er- and he's not portrayed in a good light either. It's no. not like, oh, he's like a cool priest. No, he's like really mean to Jamal and to everyone is just like a shit person. And it's not explored. Why is he a priest? Like, why yeah. was this the why route? Why would he go into the priesthood? Is he undercover for some reason? Yeah. Or, yeah, it, it's kind of this weird choice. But, it, and, but then it erupts into uh, he ends up shooting Father Timothy and himself yeah. in a murder-suicide. And you don't even know why. No. <laughs> if, any, like, if anyone should have been, like, that enraged or upset, you would have thought it was Father Timothy or something. Yeah, like, finding out that his son was with this other priest, you know? Yeah, like, being, wouldn't he be mad at the priest and try to, like, go kill him? Why would the priest kill 
the father of the son that he was just having. Yeah. It, it's really weird, but it, once again, a negative portrayal of homosexuality. And this was back to back. This, yeah. The, these are the first two chapters of the book. Mm-hmm. And then soon after that, too, there's a story about uh, Jamal and Salima, an orphanage where one of the orphanage directors is calling boys into his room and and raping them and so you're just like okay i see where this is going uh homosexuality is obviously supposed to correlate with perversion and like this horribleness of indian life and people like kids that can't protect themselves and it's just like yeah and especially with like the kids being like uh the target of yeah and like i i mean i know that in India, like, these kids who live on the streets and who are orphans are, like, I think... Prey. Prey and, like, way more vulnerable than they might be in the U.S. And, like, he might have been trying to, like... Get that Get that across. across. But his use of, like, homosexuality. homosexuality is really problematic in this story. Yeah. And the movie, smartly, does not even touch that. No. At all. <laughs> like, none of those plot lines are used in the movie at all. And, like... I mean, none of them. None of them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it <laughs> I was trying to a, think if any of them were similar. I'm like, no. No, not even close. There, besides that scene where he gets the autograph from the movie star, kind yeah, of that connection to the Bollywood star, but that is that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Latika. La- Latika. <laughs> Latika. I, I doesn't it seem like it should be? Lat- do they say Latika or Latika? Latika. Okay. Yeah. Latika. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so once again. A different character. Oh yeah. Uh, from the book to the movie, mm-hmm. or should I more her? Well, yeah, she's pretty different. And yeah, it, it's just that she's more a part of the story, and yeah. the and she's part of the whole like the whole thread of the story. I'd say in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. In the book, he doesn't meet her like right until the very end of the book, and also at towards the end of his life as well. Not like the end of his life, like he's dead, but like the <laughs> end of his life that he's remembering yeah. when he's telling his story. So he's like quite recently met her when he's on the game show, as opposed to the movie where they meet pretty much right after Jamal and Salim are or are orphaned after their mother dies and they kind of go off on their own. Yeah, they kind of run into her and then they both go to this orphanage area mm-hmm. uh, together and they kind of so they kind of have this childhood connection yeah. that's established in this orphanage. Mm-hmm. And Jamal has like sympathy for her and wants her to join their group. He tells Salim that she can be the third musketeer for and them. And Salim's like, no. and Salim's like, uh, I'm shitty, so no, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> and you don't know if he's just like jealous of like Jamal's attention or if he's just crappy. Like we don't, <laughs> yeah, we don't know. I think it just falls on that crappiness scale. Yeah. So, yeah, Latika's with them at this orphanage. And this is actually one of the few stories that crosses over between the book and the movie. Yeah. In the book, she's not there at all, but the story's similar, where in the book, it's this, uh, like, orphanage for kids who have uh, disabilities. Yeah. Or, like, they're maimed, or they're missing limbs, they're blind. And, but every day they have to go out and beg for change. And... Salim and Jamal are being trained to sing. Yeah. Salim thinks because they're being nice to him because he wants to be a movie star. And so Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we'll give you singing lessons. Yeah. And then they realize, no, they want us to be better beggars to be able to sing. 
And then they discover <laughs> that not only that, they want to uh, blind the children. Because, or maim them. Or maim them. Either one. Because they discover that all the kids there have been... Uh, purposely. Purposefully mutilated. Mutilated, yeah, by the owner of the orphanage. To make more money. And so then they GTFO. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> They're escape. They're like, uh, gotta go. It's really terrible in the movie because you actually like see a scene of like this one kid getting his like eye scooped out and let me tell you it is not good (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you ever had if you if you're ever on the edge about getting your eyes scooped out (laughs) this will this will set you straight yeah and in the movie salim almost becomes part of the organization in the sense that the owners of the orphanage kind of see him as a bully and they're like, we can use this. Yeah. So they get him. We won't scoop your eyes out, kid. (laughs) Yeah, so they get him to like bring kids in so they can like scoop their eyes out. (laughs) And to be fair, Salim only sees one eye scooping before he's like, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) And then they're like, okay, go get Jamal now. Like bring Jamal in. Yeah. And so he he brings Jamal in, but then they like make their grand escape and Latika follows them. Unfortunately, she doesn't make it on the train because Salim after he rescues Jamal from being eye scooped he's like that's my good deed for the day like (laughs) I'm not doing anything else so he like sticks out his hand for Latika to grab to grab his hand when they're trying to like board this train and then she grabs it and then he does the hair swipe thing where he pulls it and then he like yeah pulls away and so she gets trapped and she's stuck with those terrible orphanage people hopefully to not get her eyes scooped yes hopefully but her fate is unknown for a while yeah uh and then she reappears later, and then Jamal loses her again, and then yeah. he has to find her again. And he's then always he loses trying her to again. find her. He's like, "Where's Latika? I can't find her." <laughs> <laughs> I'm searching for Latika. <laughs> it's interesting though, because like her role sort of brings them back into this <laughs> criminal underworld. <laughs> My son Nemo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where is Latika? <laughs> yeah, she kind of, um, you know, is a part of this underground situation. Gangster. Though, and kind of seedy. And so when they go back to find her, that's kind of what pulls Selim partly into this world. Yeah. Uh, the book in the book, though, she is a prostitute. Yes. With a heart of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, basically, uh, Jamal, uh, goes to, um, uh, whorehouse with some random dudes who he doesn't know. Yeah. And, uh, that's where he meets, uh, Latika. And he's like, she's so beautiful. And so then he sleeps with her and then he's like, I'm in love with her. And then he <laughs> keeps paying for sex from her. So that until she falls in love with him. <laughs> until she, I guess, just gives up and accepts that he is around for a while. It's funny though, because like it sets it up like he's gonna be like this noble love of her thing, you know? Like mm-hmm. he goes and he's like, What's your name? Like wants to talk to her. And stuff. Yeah. And she's like, oh, come on. Like, I've been through this before. Like, I'm a prostitute. Like, let's just get down to business and stuff. And then he's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of being like, no, I'll like cherish you and like get to know you and talk with you and and pay to spend time like talking. He's like, no, let's just let's just have sex. No, let's have sex. (laughs) And then after he keeps having sex with her, he's like, oh, I think I love you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like. 
she's a beautiful girl his age who's yeah. like, you're already paying for it. And he's <laughs> like, I mean, okay, if you insist. So it's not that you, like, I guess, like, you understand in a way, but it's still kind of a little bit eye-rolly. Yeah, and you're like, what do they, like, what does he like about her besides the sex? Like, would he have yeah. fallen in love with a similar prostitute? Like, <laughs> if he had just gone, like, one whorehouse yeah. over, you know? Like, they don't have, they don't talk about, what they have in common or even like at least in the movie she likes movies adina (laughs) she likes movies and that's all they need (laughs) at least in the movie they don't really talk about anything in the movie but they have like their common history and their shared kind of childhood experiences that are like oh they were friends and they like each other i guess (laughs) no it's equally problematic though in the movie because you, you do see scenes of them when they're young in yeah, this orphanage yeah. and they're kind of like playing and like connecting. And so when they get separated, you get why Jamal is maybe so like determined to find her again. Yeah. She was this important person to him in his childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then every scene where they're reunited. Yeah. Is kind of short lived. And they don't connect that much. No. And they're in duress and they don't yeah. have time to talk or anything. And he's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you out of here because she's always in a bad situation. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to save you and get you out of here. She's like, great. He's like, so you can be mine and we can be in love again. And she's like, "Eh, okay, sure. Okay. okay." (laughs) I mean, it's better. It's better than the alternative, I guess. Yeah. And so when we find Latika again in the movie, um, she is about to be sold off to the highest bidder for her virginity. Yes. So she's like a prostitute in training right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like taking dance classes and uh, Maman, the guy who owned the orphanage and is kind of this gangster is uh, kind of orchestrating this. Yeah. Uh, so then Salim just shoots him because <laughs> I guess he took quite a nosedive uh, off screen. And was like, you know what? Murder sounds pretty good. I'm going to try that. (laughs) I'm just going to shoot the next guy. I mean, it's so true. Like, we don't really get much of a in-between phase of him, like, deciding to not be an eye scooper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then being like, I'm a gangster now. (laughs) Now, the guy he shot had been scooping eyeballs, and he was a horrible person. He was, yeah. So, you know, it's not like you're exactly pitying him. Yeah. But it kind of is this, like, jump jump for Salim. And then, after they've rescued uh, Latika, they go to a... I have to think about it every time I say it (laughs) to get the emphasis right. They go to this, like hotel room like in an abandoned um suite building exhort. or something and uh salim is then like okay jamal get out of the room i'm taking her yeah and he's like okay jamal now i'm gonna rape latika after we saved her from being raped and because now he thinks he's a tough guy he talked to another gangster yeah and he's gonna be his muscle now and he's like you're my brother. You're my younger brother. Get out. Mm-hmm. It starts this fight. And then that leads to uh, Latika saying, you know, she's like, go Jamal. Like, it's fine. Yeah. She's basically like, I'll sacrifice myself so that no one gets hurt. Kind of. Because Selene was going to like shoot Jamal. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on? Like that, that shift may be more than the shooting the gangster was a little much for me. Like suddenly he wants to, you know, rape Latika, who he knows that his brother 
either is in love with or like really cares about. So that 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 was a big betrayal, I felt like, for him betraying Jamal, not just turning evil and killing someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, they get reunited once more later. Yeah. Jamal and Latika. And then... Are separated, are separated again. again. There's like five times where uh, Jamal's like, I found you. And then it's like, nope. <laughs> I found you. And, and then you find out this is why Jamal got on the game show. So he could be seen by her. Yeah. And hope to make contact because he doesn't know where she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of not a well thought out <laughs> plan. I don't know. Was he going to give his phone number like live on TV? <laughs> And just like hope that she gets it. I I don't. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> or like she could have just like not been watching TV that day. Yeah, she just wasn't. And then she hears a Jamal one, and she's like, I it's I don't know. It's probably not the same Jamal. It couldn't be. So yeah. So let's get back to the book a little bit. Sure. Um, while all of this like kind of structural plot is happening. In the movie, we are having none of that in the book. No. No. The book is the book is a a um a a a, a varied selection of odd and eccentric short stories, pretty much. Yeah. Some of them more interesting slash relevant to the story than others. Yeah. You know, I it, it, they hit this kind of weird almost surreal tone. Yeah, they're kind of like tall tales. Yes, yeah, like folk tale, tall tale, kind of weird, riding that line of like magical realism. Mm -hmm. And I do like the overall vibe that creates in the short story array. Uh, But... But a lot of them are not relevant at all to anything. Yeah. And and are filled with like useless information. Yeah, some when it's kind of getting into like something specific and they all kind of do yeah like one's about um, a war vet going on about a story in the war yeah and it's filled with like descriptions of locations and uh battle strategies yeah and the layout of the land and like very de- a lot of details one's about cricket the 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 sport and it mm-hmm. talks a lot about that one is um about kind of the film industry yeah and it kind of really gets into the the nitty gritty of each one yeah maybe trying to represent like all the different aspects of indian culture maybe and being like we have to do everything you know (laughs) yeah and and i i like that because you know he's recounting these stories because it's how he knew the answer yeah so i like that there's some are just random things yeah that he's heard over his lifetime Mm -hmm. like they don't really they're not like a big puzzle piece of his life necessarily yeah it's just like oh yeah one time i was bartending and a guy recounted this crazy story to me and this is the story yeah uh so i do like that that aspect of it but it just sometimes gets totally off the rails yeah we want to mention a couple of the stories um (laughs) just to like give you a, a taste of what's going on so in one of them Uh, Jamal is a servant in the house of these Australian diplomats who are living in India. And somehow he gets the job to be a servant. And the the man of this family is like super weird 
and like paranoid about everyone and somehow like knows when anyone does anything wrong. And Jamal calls him like the man who knows. The man who knows. (laughs) And his family, they're basically like a bunch of like stuck up English slash Australian type people who look down their noses at Indians in general, but are nice to Jamal, I guess, but also kind of belittle him. Yeah, it's a really good story because it's like, you know, anytime he he does feel really close to them, they like buy him souvenirs if they go on a trip and like sometimes he plays like video games, but there's that always that reminder like sometimes they'll be like oh bloody indians or like yeah. make an offhanded comment or mm-hmm. he he'll overstep his boundaries with the family or something and it's interesting in that dynamic yeah but then it goes into this weird place where weird story where like the father of the family is like a spy yeah he's got the whole house bugged and yeah. that's how he, he knows and like not only does he like bug the house but he's like some kind of spy either for like Indian government or for Australia, it's not super clear. He's just doing or for like anyone I dirty think, things. <laughs> yeah, he might just be doing it because he's like, uh, he. It might not be his job necessarily. He just likes spy stuff. Yeah, I don't know, but it's super weird and like almost silly. Yeah, because they show him like they talk about how he watches a spy show which is supposed to be like kind of like a MacGyver type like <laughs> spy fusion show and it's like why would a spy want to be like really excited about a show about a spy well that's why I think he's like maybe kind of a wannabe mm, is okay. he's really interested in that because when he breaks into his office den he finds yeah. a book at one point that's yeah. I think called spying for dummies or yes something. yes <laughs> so I think maybe he's doing this just because he's a weird fanboy of that. Okay, that kind of makes more sense than what I was thinking, which is like, why is he a terrible (laughs) spy? (laughs) He's like, he's like, he's telling someone at one point during a secret rendezvous, he's like, listen, this is how you get rid of a tail. Meanwhile, Jamal, who's like a 12 year old, has followed him this entire time. (laughs) So then Jamal like turns him in, like sends in a tip to like the Indian government that there's a spy and then his family like has to be like kicked out of India or some such craziness. But it's just like such a weird, random story yeah but even for as weird as it was i enjoyed it like it was entertaining the whole time to me even for its weirdness and that's kind of how a lot of these stories yeah. are even for their weirdness and like what is the point of this mm-hmm. now some of them like the war story one just kind of get bogged down but um there are enough interesting ones that i was like engaged is there one you you want to mention um not not that separate from what we're about to talk about, I don't think. Mm. How about uh, the train robbery one? Oh, yeah. That was kind of a crazy... He's on a train where uh, a guy... Bur- so he just got paid. It, it takes place right after the Australian yeah. where, thing where he got paid for that job. So he's got like 50,000 rupees or something with him. Yeah. And it's on him. He's, he's guarding it. And on this train to... I don't know, like, show off to another kid. He shows that he has all this money. And so later they're being robbed, and the other kid outs him, and he loses all his money. Yeah. And then he attacks a man with the gun, and he ends up killing him. Yeah. (laughs) And we didn't mention the first murder, but this is Jamal's second murder in the book. (laughs) 
<laughs> he starts to build a pattern. They transferred all the murder onto Salim in the movie. <laughs> he did. But Jamal's really the murder crazy one in the book. And the first time he murders, like, he's living in this small community with Salim. And then their neighbors are this family. And then the father in the family starts trying to sexually molest his daughter. And this is like the third story in the book. Yeah, this is after like everyone has been like trying to molest each other like in these stories. And we're like, yay. Now we have incest going on. Um, But like Jamal really cares about, you know, the daughter in this family, thinks of her as a sister. And so he decides that there's nothing else he can do but murder her father. (laughs) So he like pushes him down the stairs from a balcony and kills him. Yeah. And then he runs away immediately. Yeah. And he's like, I'm on the run now. And he just takes off. Yeah. And he finds out later that the man actually only broke his leg. (laughs) (laughs) But Jamal was convinced that he murdered him. So it's like he murdered him. So it it counts. It counts as a murder. We're counting it because he doesn't find out till later that he broke his leg. So So the other problem, the big problematic thing of uh, the book Mm -hmm. is a depiction of women. Yeah. Duda, (laughs) duda. (laughs) I mean, I feel like the biggest problem is just that, like, it's so episodic that there aren't really any strong female characters in it that have any role to play outside of just, like, one small episode. You know, even Latika in the book is just in, like, one story. Yeah. So there's not really any char- like female characters well, that we can connect to and like see across the whole book. The only one who kind of is exhibits strength, I'd say, and yeah, is um the girl from the third story who is being um, attacked by her father. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. we find out later in the story she's the lawyer who shows up um and is helping Jamal. and is helping Jamal. Who in the book he's recounting these events to. Yeah, she's the only one, and I so would she, say. Yeah, because, so, okay, so she's grown up and got a law degree and is like, you know what I mean? She at least has went somewhere. done something, yeah. yeah, and is portrayed in a good light. But, um, so one of the stories, Jamal starts to work for this actress, uh, Nilima, who was like this really famous Bollywood actress and super well-known and everyone loved her, but now she's not really in films anymore, probably because she's older and, you know, the industry and the patriarchy and all that Mm -hmm. nonsense. But instead of being like sympathetic to her, it's not. And I feel like the author might think he's being sympathetic to her, but I feel like the story just mocks her. Well, yeah, she's painted as being unreasonable because... As she's gotten older, she's offered roles of, like, mothers of usually what is the female heroine. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, because that's who she used to be, and now they're like, well, you're now middle-aged. Would you like to play the mother? And she's like, how dare you? Yeah. I'm the star. Like, I won't accept anything less. And and I I don't know. Like, this depiction of... um, aging women in Hollywood and stuff has been has, it's been tackled by a lot of other movies and yeah storylines it's not exactly original mm-hmm. and this doesn't do anything to further the depiction of the women no. or just that narrative and it's just like he you know Jamal is her servant and talks about how she 
like is putting on makeup all the time and she has all these creams and products to try to make her younger. So she's like almost seen as ridiculous because she's trying to like recapture her youth and like dress beautiful even though it's clear that she's getting older and she like can't face it. And and she's always miserable unless someone recognizes her and is like I love your work and she's like to fame. Yeah. And then she also um talks about wanting to die young and like preserve her looks and like being she's just super vain and it's I don't know, I just like I don't like the way that they talk about her and this industry without addressing like the culture that she's in. You know, instead yeah. of being like wow, it must really suck to be this really popular actress and then suddenly be in this world where people don't recognize you anymore because you're not 20, you know? Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, that must have been really hard and she's not adjusting and she's struggling with that, they're like, she's ridiculous for trying to be young. Yeah, it's like tragic because she can't accept reality. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of this, it's a tragic story that just kind of goes exactly where you expect it to go yeah so she like she ends up dating this guy who beats her and burns her with cigarettes because she's the tragedy queen and she has to have one last role in her life of a of a star and this is her final role which is just to accept to be like beaten to death apparently by this guy which Mm -hmm. is also ridiculous yeah and she's just like I'm fine with this. Yeah. And it doesn't really, I don't know, it's just like how tragic. Yeah. You know? And then she like takes a bunch of painkillers and kills herself and is all like pretty, has like purposely done this, like put on a nice outfit, you know, done all this stuff so she'll be dead and everyone will be like, wow, she was so beautiful. And then Jamal is so stupid and scared about Such it. Such a fucking idiot. That he just like doesn't do anything and like leaves her body there. And so nobody finds her for like a couple months and then she's already like super decayed and gross looking. And it's like, are we supposed to laugh at that? Like that she's really disgusting looking when they finally find her. Like, that kind of disturbed me. Yeah, I think he's trying to be, like, like metaphorical or ironic in a way that, like, oh, her her beauty had Mm -hmm. disintegrated and... (laughs) It was really weird. I didn't like it. No. Um, Then there's also a story... Uh, that Jamal is told at a bar. Oh, yeah. Uh, a, a drunk man who's mourning the loss of his brother tells Jamal about um, a... Uh, it, it's a story about him working for his brother at a button factory, <laughs> and then he moves to New York and falls in love with a woman from Haiti Yeah, who ends up being a voodoo witch doctor. <laughs> he, the, the the one and only woman he meets from Haiti is a voodoo witch doctor. Yeah. And she ends up like manipulating and controlling this guy to hate his brother. Yeah. And she creates... A voodoo doll. A voodoo doll. Of his brother. That this guy starts using to like torture his brother with. Yeah. Until he eventually goes insane and like dies. Yeah. And, and he's like, but she made me do it. 
Yeah, and he's like, now I get to drink about it and be sad about it. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, but now I don't want to be with her anymore because I realized that she was terrible. And I also met another woman that is like more hot and also (laughs) not from Haiti and not a witch doctor. (laughs) He's like, and I'm going to marry her. And then suddenly he dies of a heart attack. Yeah. Which was one of like the voodoo doll symptoms. So you're like, oh, was he killed by a voodoo doll by the wife is kind of what they're implying. Yeah. And it's kind of a super goofy story, probably the one that goes the most into like... uh, Ridiculous territory. Yeah, but in a way, because it's being recounted by a drunk man, you are led to question it, you know? Especially with the magic voodoo thing. Yeah. Like, how real is that? Yeah, and it's not that magical elements wouldn't work in this, but I do have a problem with... She's from Haiti and she's a voodoo, she's a voodoo doctor. doctor. And also, like, you know, they talk about her features being black. So, like, to me, that is a little bit uh, racist in a lot of ways, you know, like yeah. that she's the villain and she's like manipulative and evil and like corrupts him. And then he wants to like be with this good, like, young Indian girl that he wants to fall in love with and she won't let it happen. You know, it's just like. Uh, no. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things you could maybe excuse if there had been a good female character yeah. up until this point, but there still hasn't been. Yeah. And not with this one either. Well, and like the, some of the other female characters, I'm not going to get too much into it, but of course are um, Latika in the book, but she's just like, you know, just a prostitute and, you know, can't really do with anything. With a heart of gold, Adina. <laughs> with a heart she of gold. She likes movies. <laughs> she loves movies and popcorn. How dare you minimize her characteristics to just be a prostitute. But I mean, she's just there for Jamal to be like, oh, I love her. I want to like help her, you know, and yeah. the world is cruel. And then there's like this woman that he is renting from at one point who is like literally cast off her son to live as like a beggar in the streets. And she's just terrible. And I'm like, yep, that that rounds out the cast. That's it. That's all we got. And that's about the last story we get. Yeah. So the female characters are, oh, for five or six or however many there are. Yeah. Um, In the movie, there's just less characters in general. So we don't really deal with these wacky, crazy characters. Um, the, pretty much the only female character is Latika. Yeah. Cause even the, the lawyer who's helping him in the book is just, it's, she's kind of eliminated and yeah. he's just telling the story to the police chief. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's less female representation in the movie, but I feel like I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk for a minute going back to the movie, just kind of about yeah. Danny Boyle. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm. Excited we get to talk to him, talk about him as a filmmaker a little bit with this movie. Yeah. Because he's very, uh, he's a very unique filmmaker. So what are some of the other films that he's done? Yeah, so he's done uh, Trainspotting, 28 Days Later, um, uh, the Steve Jobs movie that just came out, 127 Hours. Mm, okay. Um, which, for me, visually was very similar to this movie in terms of, like, the style so there's a lot of like hyper colors, you know, oh, yeah. everything's okay. really colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that weird choppy um, uh, filming. Yeah, those scenes where it like almost speeds up or slows down. Yeah, where they're only showing like five frames per second or something of like the footage. So I don't like that. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't crazy about it either. But, uh, y- you know, Danny Boyle does a lot with his 
scene transitions and his visual style. Uh And for me, like, that's part of the appeal of this movie and his movies in general is that, like, style. Yeah. Uh, And for me, it kind of, like, helps make up for some of the faults of this movie. Yeah. But then again, like, it kind of puts it pretty low Mm-hmm. on his filmography for me because really? I, I love 127 hours mm-hmm. i think might be my favorite movie of his wow and train spotting is like oh, really yeah. goofy and funny and dark and kind of twisted and it does its balance of stuff really interesting yeah yeah so i appreciate the filmmaking style and look of this movie and it's very it's so trademark his style we've kind of already talked about this but a little bit more, I guess, about Latika and Jamal. Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to find her again for, like, what, the fifth time the in the movie? The fifth time, probably. Um, and he does the whole, like we said earlier, he does the whole game show to try to find her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the last time he saw her, Salim, who works for the guy who she was kind of being owned by or yeah. was, like, indebted to... Uh, Salim dragged her away. Yeah. So he's just gone full. Full evil. Full evil douchebag. And so that's why Jamal's like, I got to find her. I got to get on this show. Yeah. And while he's in the movie, while he's doing the show, we get to see Salim Mm -hmm. and Latika. And uh, Salim has, I don't know what, if you want to call it redemption. Mm. Probably not. Like, it's he not... has this strange change of heart. Yeah. Where he's like, Latia, go find Jamal. Like, I'll take care of this gangster guy. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm being good now. You Forgive me. You have to forgive me. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell Jamal what I did. And he, like, gives her the car keys. Yeah. And literally the last scene we've seen of him, he was carrying her away at like the edge of a knife yeah like he kidnapped her mm-hmm. and now suddenly out of nowhere he's like i'm letting you go yeah and and then he fills a bathtub <laughs> full of money <laughs> he fills a bathtub full of money and once they realize uh latika's gone they find salim they burst in and Salim is in the bathtub full of money, which I have to, I'm, I, I don't want to get off track, but he filled the bathtub with money first. Okay. You know, he, he stands there like and he, he's pouring a bath. He's pour, he pours a bath of money <laughs> and then it cuts to them quickly entering. It seems like, yeah. you know, like there's not a whole lot of time between when he fills it and they burst in and he's now in the bathtub full of money, like Submerged chest high. In the, in the money. It's all money. There's no water. <laughs> and I'm like, how did he get in that bathtub? It would have seemed more efficient to have poured it on him when he was in there. Probably. Otherwise, you got to like scoot in it, kind of. You got to like shimmy get in it. Get your butt in the money. Yeah. It was just kind of this weird, goofy cut of like, how did he get in there? <laughs> also, like... I feel like he could have executed this plan a lot better. <laughs> like, did he want to die? Like, was he trying to get himself killed? Because he could have just... Maybe his plan was they wouldn't be able to shoot through all of the money. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. He could have he could have taken any of them by surprise. Because none of them were expecting that Salim would turn against them. So all he would have to do is literally gives the keys to Latika and then 
immediately goes into the living room, probably shoots three people, and like most of them are dead. You know what I mean? Instead, he's like, I'm going to lock myself in the bathroom and then just wait until they're like, where's Salim? Where's Latika? And then they're like, what's happening? And then he's like cornered in the bathroom. He has nowhere to go because he's in the tub. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so stupid because the first guy who breaks into the bathroom is like, the mob boss. Yeah. Why is he leading the charge? No, he, he just wouldn't. Gets, he gets shot immediately, of course. Yeah. Why Why was he leading the charge? I and don't know. And then Salim gets shot. And he's yeah. Now. <laughs> he gets riddled with bullets. Yeah. Uh, and I guess this is supposed to redeem him, but I am not convinced. No, no. He was so awful the whole movie. And like, he kind of makes up a little bit for the last awful thing he did. Yeah. Which does not redeem him in mm, my book. No. Uh, while this is going on, Jamal is trying to answer the second to last question. Yeah. And he calls his lifeline, who is Salim. Oh, it's the last question. Is it the last one? Yeah. Oh, it is the last one. Okay, so it's the last question. (laughs) And it just, basically, it creates this whole crazy situation where Latika has to run back to the car where the phone is ringing. Yeah. And I guess this brings me to a point that I wanted to make that... I love that the movie is, like, specifically who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. With the same show conventions, Mm -hmm. the same sound effects and musical cues, and because all of that stuff, you know, it was designed for a, a game show to be tense. Yeah. And exciting, and put in the context of this big crazy movie it really it really works I it think. does work yeah especially when he's calling his lifeline mm-hmm. and he t- he tells the the host it's the only phone number i know so like he can only call one phone number yeah and it's salim's cell phone and of course latika has it but she has to get back to it and the phone's ringing and ringing and they're mm-hmm. like no no one's answering and and they're about to hang up finally uh latika answers but of course, like she doesn't know the question, but that's not the important part. No. The important part is that he's found Latika again, and she tells him that she's safe and that everything's fine and they'll be together again. But blah, you get blah, that blah. you get that tense. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Background, like yeah. Do, 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 do. It's like, like read the, the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's such a strange choice. I remember seeing the trailer for this movie. I'm yeah. like what is this? Like, it's, who wants to be a millionaire in India? Yeah. What, what movie is this? It's, this is like the best product placement. It is. <laughs> you could ever have. <laughs> but I, I, I do like it. I think it really works. No, I do too. And like, it doesn't make any sense for them to do a knockoff show. Yeah. That is exactly like who wants to be a millionaire. And they made, like, it just, just use who wants to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to the wrap up, I guess. Yeah. So in the movie, she doesn't know the answer. Yeah. And he just takes a guess. He, he, he whiffs it. He just, you know, gives an answer. He says A and he wins. He wins all the money. Yeah, he wins. He wins. Because he trusted fate or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then he waits for uh, Latika at a train station. And then he sees her and they meet. And then there's this amazing dance number at the end. Yes. Which I love this. It's like, so good. It's so good. It's a perfect way to wrap up this type of movie 
and it gives us this light-hearted tone mm-hmm. and you like walk away and you're like yeah i like this you know yeah. it, and it's it also is this like callback to bollywood films yeah because you know it's in um has that style yeah choreographed dance scene you know everyone's and like the, and the dancing text and singing pops up with their names is kind of that style it seems yeah uh, yeah, it, it's such a good way to end a movie. Mm-hmm. I guess this movie specifically, and it's it's just a good time. Also, that's one best original song oh, at man. the Oscars that year. Also, it's a catchy tune. It is <laughs> Jai Ho. Yeah, <laughs> which is something about victory. Yeah, mm-hmm. there there is a great uh scene though. It's the question before the last one in the movie. Yeah, where he doesn't know the answer, mm-hmm. and he's in the bathroom, and the host of the show comes into the bathroom. And then when he comes out of the bathroom, he sees the letter B has been written in fog on the mirror. And so then it creates this really interesting setup where when he when they come back from commercial break and they're answering that question that he doesn't know, uh, he has to he has this dilemma of is this guy lying to me or is he telling me the truth? Yeah. And, and he does like a 50 50. So mm-hmm. it's like between two answers. One of them is the one that the host wrote on the wall. And he ends up choosing the other one. Yeah, so it becomes a situation of like, is he lying or isn't he? What are his motives? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, why would he want me to win? Yeah. Like, everyone's against me or everything is against me and I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that was one of the more interesting setups. It is. Re- I did like that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the book because the book, <laughs> <laughs> the books, the book seems to be going in this exact same direction it does and then it takes a quick sharp left into uh crazy town it a does. little bit yeah so there's a similar scene where uh he goes into the bathroom goes into the bathroom again with the host with the host and he's like i don't know the answer and the host is like oh well that's too bad and jamal's like for you and he pulls out a gun and first of all why would he be on a game show if he didn't go through a metal detector or something or something like they like how he just pulls a gun out. yeah and he's like you might have heard of me i'm jamal the murderer <laughs> <laughs> i now solve all of my problems with first degree murder <laughs> and like you find out that the host of the show was the guy that was abusing uh the actress nilima the whole time and then he ended up like beating up and abusing um, Latika in the book, um, Jamal's prostitute lover who he hasn't saved from prostitution yet because he doesn't have enough money. Yeah. So that's what it, it sets this up where uh, Latika's uh, pimp tells her you have to have uh, such and such 40,000 rupees, some kind of amount that he, he can't get. And so you assume he's on the game show to win the to money. Win the money. Mm-hmm. And then in this scene, he reveals, no, I never wanted the money. I wanted to shoot I just you. Wanted <laughs> to kill you. I just wanted to murder you for what you did. And he's, and it's so stupid because, you know, he could have left the money at any point. Yeah. Like he had enough money like, he had this goal, or what you assume is his goal, yeah. of this um, money amount to get Latika. To free her, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go for more money, even though it risks me losing it all. Yeah. For another chance to shoot this man. <laughs> for another chance of murder. <laughs> but then, like, the the host is like, please 
don't. <laughs> and then Jamal's like, oh, I guess I can't just do a, like a cold murder. Like I have to have someone like kind of incite me to it, you know? And so he's like, fine. And the host is like, oh, I'm so grateful that you allowed me to live. I'm just going to give you the right answer to this question. And Jamal's like, cool. <laughs> and it is the right answer. It is the right answer. And then he wins the money. And then he wins all the money. So here's one of the biggest weirdest faults though with i mean i guess i guess if the host is genuine about being glad yeah that jamal let him go he's not going to tell them about the gun yeah but the the problem with after he wins and why the police take him in is because they think he's cheating but also the people who own the game show are like we don't have this much money to give him. Yeah. Like the show had just started mm-hmm. and they were like, we didn't plan to have like a big winner for a long time. Yeah. And so you need to show that he was cheating so we don't have to pay him because we can't pay him. Yeah. And you'd assume that the host would be aware of this situation. And be like, oh, I have a solution to your problem. See, he tried to kill he me. He has a gun <laughs> on him yeah. right now. So we could just... Tell the police that I gave him the answers because he threatened to kill me otherwise. Yeah. It would solve everyone's problems. That's true. Instead, wow. it's the situation of like, we have to manufacture a way he was cheating. Yeah. Uh, and Which is why they're torturing him and trying to get a confession out of him at the beginning of the of the, of the novel. Uh, but when you add in this gun element, it's like, that was their really, really obvious solution. Yeah. And after all of this, the host ends up like the show cancels because yeah. they have no money because they gave it all to Jamal <laughs> and the host ends up dying slash probably being murdered it seems. Yeah, by like the company. And I don't know about you, but <laughs> if I knew that the company was going to murder me, I'd probably turn in the would-be murderer Yeah, in exchange. I don't know. It just kind of... Yeah, and the whole, like, suddenly he's there just to shoot the host seemed kind of out of left field. Um, Especially because it, like, makes him seem very non-caring about Latika. Yeah, like, he's like, we can never be together. Like, it's not going to happen, so I might as well murder. I'm never going to get that much money. How? What am I going to do, win it on a game show? (laughs) I mean, well... (laughs) And, yeah, And, and then at the end, he's just like, oh, I have money now, and I... Latika and I are married somehow, even though I thought that would never work. And also, <laughs> Salim is an actor, and I'm paying for him to be in movies now, and everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. <laughs> Let's talk briefly about what was the point? <laughs> I know that sounds like a really harsh question. No, but we should ask that. You should ask that when you watch or read anything. Like, sure. What was the point? Or like, I mean, what am I taking away? I'm fine with the story just being entertaining. Yeah. You know, if it's an entertaining story. Then that is the point. Yeah, that is the point. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was supposed to be the point or the message of, or not message. I guess that's what I'm looking for is a message. Yeah. Because it seems to be heavily leaning that way. Yeah. Especially at the end of the novel, he's talking about like, he throws his lucky coin into the water and he's like, I don't need it. I don't need it. Luck comes from within. And I'm like, but. Was that the message? Was that, I? yeah. Like, did fate really want him to win? Because why? He's not really better than anyone. He murdered no. a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> or at least he wanted he to. He wanted to. His rampage was maybe not as extreme as he wished it had been. I can 
not stop laughing about that. <laughs> I know. That's why I keep bringing it up. <laughs> it just, it's so kind of wacky though. Yeah. And what I do like about the movie, even though some, it's not super well explained is like the love story that runs through it. Mm-hmm. Cause it kind of ties it together. You know, like he's always trying to, be reunited with Latika and they talk a lot about destiny and and all of that type of thing which you know part of you is like yeah they haven't really like justified this at all their relationship I'm not totally sold on it but at the same time it's still like I like that this is sort of the theme yeah and it's like a sweet you know kind of crowd pleaser um good underdog rags to riches story where you know he's trying to help this girl that he loves and you know they're finally together at the end mm-hmm. whereas in the book it was just like this one episode of him falling in love with a prostitute at the end of the book where we were like okay <laughs> yeah you know it'd be one thing if it was like every answer came because he made like a good choice in his life. Yeah. But it's kind of not like he does make, he does do a lot of things whether in the right way or the wrong way. It's kind of for good reasons. And he's not a, he's not shitty. Like, no, no, he's not. He murders, but like there (laughs) are plenty of times. Who hasn't? (laughs) There are plenty of times where he like helps Salim or saves him from a situation or tries to help, you know, others. Mm -hmm. Um, and has a lot of compassion for people. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. Um, especially like, I'm not sure what the author was trying to say. Like, especially with the first few episodes in the book, they're all about like some kind of like perverted, um, kind of gross. Yeah. Like terrible. It's like a list of terrible things that can happen to you in India. And not like it's just in India, but it did kind of feel like he was, I'm like, why are you being so, I guess. Overt about this specific danger that kids are in. Yeah. And it was a lot about like sexual abuse. Yeah. Like kids who are, who live on the street face a lot of problems and yeah. yeah like hunger's brought up a lot and lack of money or trying to get money yeah but a lot of the central conflicts kind of come back to like sexual abuse yeah in a weird way yeah and it feels like he's just kind of being like almost like dissing his own country a bit being like oh here's like the shitty part <laughs> of this world you yeah. know not like well, it's all bad, but I don't a lot know. of it's bad. Uh, most of it's bad, yeah. and I feel like the the people that Jamal interacts with are mostly bad people. Yeah, like they're and the adults are all bad people too. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't meet good people, and if he does, they either die or someone is trying to sexually abuse them. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, what is better, the book or the movie? Yeah, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also going to go with the movie, but I was pretty torn, like, honestly, like, until we had this on, like, right now, like, really? recapping them mm-hmm. more thoroughly. You know, a lot of the stories in the book are interesting to me. They are, like, yeah. Like, they're kind of these condensed, interesting short stories and snippets of his life. And despite their problems, like, I was still relatively entertained buy it mm-hmm. uh and for me even though i do enjoy the movie it's one of my least favorite danny boyle films yeah and 
I'm not particularly taken with the characters or the arcs, you know, the performances or anything. It's it's kind of more of a middle level yeah. movie or Danny Boyle film for mm-hmm. me. So I guess I was struggling in that way. And this kind of comes down to like partly, you know, which medium you enjoy more, maybe. Yeah. But I, I, I would say movie. Yeah, for me, I think the love story was, you know, that kind of sweetness that was like, oh, it's like, you know, that's cute, you know. (laughs) And then the book had those troubling ideas about homosexuality and like women in general. So um, I, I was kind of enjoying the movie more just because of. It not including those things. Yeah, yeah. Which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'll say movie two. Yeah. Plus the movie has the the dance scene at the end. It does. Which I really like. Just wraps it up. Yeah. Wraps it up real nice. It's fun. Should we do lightning round real quick? Yeah. Lightning round. Oh, I'm starting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> my first lightning round uh, has to do quickly with the uh, the author and his inspiration for the book, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting. You know, he he wrote it kind of at the height of uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And apparently, I wasn't aware of this, but in the British version of it, a guy got caught cheating. Really? Yeah. And then around the same time, uh, there was this uh, project that got started in India called like the Hole in the Wall Project or something. Hmm. Basically, it was like internet cafes started popping up in like the slums of India Mm -hmm. where people could just go and use the internet. And he was very fascinated by that because he kind of saw this as like the barriers of class falling a bit like Uh because of the internet and kind of got the idea of like you know well anyone can almost kind of be anything now and then thinking about someone from the slums getting on that show that's interesting yeah yeah i kind of thought the internet thing was was fascinating so uh, one thing that i want to mention from the book is Jamal's like fascination with boobs? <laughs> he talks about. <laughs> or should we say the author's the fascination? The author's fascination, maybe. Um, in our Blue's the Warmest Color episode, we talked about the director of that movie being kind of obsessed with butts. So maybe this author is obsessed with boobs. <laughs> yeah. They're just described a lot. Yeah, he just like talks about women's boobs a lot. There's even one scene where he's on the train about to murder that one guy. Where (laughs) um, this woman is like breastfeeding her baby and he's like kind of like excited by the sight of her boob out. And I'm like, gross, like leave her alone. She's just like trying to take care of her kid, you disgusting pervert. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Doesn't the sight of a baby kind of like negate the the boob (laughs) a bit? Yeah. My my next lightning round thing was one of the uh, other stories that kind of goes between the book and the movie is at one point they end up around the Taj Mahal and Jamal kind of takes the role of being a tour guide there. Yeah. Where he starts uh, walking around. And it's so funny because in the book, he follows a tour guide once and is like trying to remember all of these facts and stuff. And then when he's giving uh, a family a tour, he's trying to spout them off and is getting just everything mixed up and wrong. <laughs> and at one point, like he was talking about like the um, the wife and he's like, yes, she bore her husband. Um 
uh, 18 children in only 14 years. And <laughs> the guy's like, uh, are you sure about that? And he's like, well, some of them are twins, obviously. <laughs> what do they do in the, what do they say in the movie that she died in an automobile accident? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the one guy's like, didn't she die in childbirth? <laughs> and he's like, well, they were on their way to the hospital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's just a lot of really funny moments from both the book and the movie in that part. So there's another scene where uh, Jamal gets the autograph of the famous Indian um, actor, and he actually has to jump into shit to get to him because his brother, Salim, being a shit as usual, (laughs) like locks him in the latrine. And so he just jumps into the poop. Yeah, because it's like a dock that is over like a swampy area and he has to jump down into the swamp. Yes, very similar to uh, Train Spotting, where the main character <laughs> yeah. actually dives into the toilet to collect some drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, maybe uh, Danny Boyle just likes kind of showing poop. I don't know. Okay, I have one more that I just remembered that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. So in the book, it's the final question, and they ask him, and it's a question about the Taj Mahal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And before he can give an answer, they cut to commercial break. And the host is being all shitty and he's like, oh, I bet you don't know this one. He's like, actually, I was a tour guide at the Taj Mahal for two years. So, yeah, I know it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, in that case, let's change the question. <laughs> and so they change the question and act like the other one was for a commercial or something. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Jamal, you fucking you idiot. idiot. This is like that time he showed his money to that boy on the train. No. I'm like, what are you doing, you show off? Like, don't show your cards. Like, Why did you tell him you knew the answer? You, Oh my god. Like, it was so <laughs> awful. I was just screaming at my book. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> also, we were going to mention murder as a lightning round, but... And then we talked about it for half of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All of Jamal's murders. <laughs> All right, so that about does it. Yeah, uh, that's a Slumdog Millionaire mm-hmm. Q&A. Yep, check out the movie and, and the book. I'd, yeah, it's I'd decent. Still, yeah, yeah. But just know what you're getting yourself into. Which you probably know more about it now than you even wanted to. So <laughs> um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow us at Cover2Credits. That's the number two. You can email us at Cover2CreditsPod at gmail.com. And uh, find us on iTunes and uh, just leave us a rating if you can. Yes, please leave us a review. We would appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll see you next week or next episode. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye.